approaching Zion. Come follow me, January 8th to the 14th. I will go and do, I will go, I will do. I, I literally thought you were joking about that, but... <laughs> You came, you came off the top rope and just went for it, man. I told you I was going <laughs> to... I can't say it without, without singing it. Okay. Your, your primary chorister would be very proud <laughs> right now. That's what happens when you have a three-year-old. Yeah. Okay. Super excited. Getting to the meat. Getting into the scriptures. Into the scriptures. Yep. First Nephi, chapters one through five. Uh, let's pull up the, the manual here. So the manual talks about how the Book of Mormon is immediately relatable, right? We have this family of Lehi, Nephi and his brothers, like who can't relate with that? And an imperfect family, as it says, but a family with, with a patriarch that nevertheless is called of God to do a great work. And um, it says that there's there's things in this account that might seem familiar to families today. Uh, all the challenges and trials and, and arguments and back and forth. Um, it says overall there is power in this imperfect family's example of faith. And, of course, that's so true. This is something that I talk to people about quite a bit when it comes to all of the scriptures, but one of the beautiful aspects of the Book of Mormon is that because you have a, a a story here that weaves together the spiritual doctrine using a family, kind of a very intimate situation here, it's so easy to look at the scriptures and think that these are the exceptional people who fall outside the norm, and so they were blessed with these incredibly unique and... and um, um, powerful miracles in their life. And what the Book of Mormon is trying to teach, first off, is, no, these were people. These were regular people who lived a regular life, in particular for their day, you know, clearly lived a, a very regular life, and yet were able to receive and obtain serious miracles. You know, and 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 to me, that's a witness of all of the stories that are part of and have been added to this abridgment that Moroni put together or that Mormon put together here and that Moroni finished, it's it's intended to convey a message of this can be had by you as well. So all of the spiritual miracles, the truth, the revelations, everything that we are going to see in the story of Lehi and Nephi and then subsequent prophets and and um, and peoples after that, it's all meant to be interpreted as this you can have too. These, these, these experiences are not meant to be unique. They're meant to be um, obtained by each of us in a way that is individual to who we are in our particular circumstances, right? So what they're focusing on here in the, in the first part of the, uh, this week's lesson is, hey, they're a family just like you. Yes, they are in the scriptures but they're just like you, meaning you can receive everything they receive. Mm -hmm. Now, hopefully you don't have to wander in the desert for, you know. 40 years. 40, however many years. <laughs> hopefully that's not what God calls you to do. But if he does, so be it. Look what was received out of that, you know. So, anyway. Well, in the spirit of being led by the Spirit, knowing 
<laughs> knowing not what we're doing. I'm going to jump ahead. <laughs> uh, the, the first section here is the word of God is of great worth to me. So, of course, what we plan to talk about for this section is kind of bigger picture, which, you know, about Lehi going back and getting the plates and why that was so important. And, you know, our commentary on that was, well, the scriptures socially like, are important to us as, as a people, as a civilization, because it gives us an authoritative uh, foundation, a moral foundation that um, helps us create and maintain a godly culture. Um, I mean, we see that all throughout about throughout the Bible and the Old Testament, it's always with Nephi and his brothers, it's always going back and quoting the prophets and quoting these experiences of previous men who have had these interpretations, these these revelations from God and and being able to use that as an authority on right and wrong, good and evil, how we should live our lives, how you know personally but also as a society. And that's the value that the scriptures have to us. Because look how difficult it was in the Americas throughout the Book of Mormon to maintain righteousness as a people. Imagine if they didn't have the scriptures in those places. If they didn't have that foundation, it would have been impossible. Yeah, they couldn't point to that that authoritative um, you know, figure, so to speak. Of, yeah, there would have been no scriptures. foundation, like yeah. moral foundation. Yeah. Everything would have just been relative. Well, and, and specific to this, it's interesting. We, we've talked about this previously in, in some other shows that we've done, but what do we know just based off the little information we have where Nephi starts his this, this story off with Lehi? Lehi clearly was a righteous man. Clearly Lehi had, had he understood scripture. He had at least studied some of it, part of it. Um, he, he was aware of what was expected of him. He had a desire to do that. So just as you were saying here, having scripture, having that truth as a foundation on, on which culture is built had an impact for Lehi. He would not have had the righteous desires as, as Nephi talks about here later on. He truly desired to, to know and to receive. And because of that, received some profound revelations and was able to prophesy and to help try to lead Jerusalem down the righteous path. Now, they rejected him. But the point is, he had some fertile ground to work with. The Lord was working through him because he was applying, as best he knew how, the truth and the, the commandments that he understood for his day. Mm-hmm. And and so, just as you were saying, that foundation's got to be laid where, why do these scriptures matter? Why are they of such great worth? Because they set a foundation upon which God can continue to work miracles and 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 further his work based upon that foundation of scriptural truth. So there's great worth for us as a whole, as a society. But then as you were saying, there's great worth of the scriptures for us individually. And the Book of Mormon does a fantastic job. I believe part of the reason why the Book of Mormon contains the fullness of the gospel is because it shows us that normal people, normal men, normal families, they can have great personal encounters and experiences with God. That these prophets are not men different than you and I, people set apart for these 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 great colleagues separate from us, but they are people going through the same experiences that we're going through, 
and they're having these these incredible experiences with the Holy Ghost, with their Savior Jesus Christ, with their Father in Heaven. And that's what the Book of Mormon starts with, is a normal family living in Jerusalem, and because of who Lehi was and where his heart was, he receives great manifestations. He, he has this prophetic calling, but, I mean, he went from being normal dude, <laughs> a normal father, to a prophet of God called to do a great work. And it happened fast. Now, there was a lot of preparation, like you were saying. He had he, he was the key. He had prepared himself spiritually to be able to handle that call. But it happened fast. And the same thing can be true for us, where we can, we're normal, normal dudes, normal people. But as we seek a relationship with God and with our Savior Jesus Christ, we can receive manifestations. We can receive witnesses. We can receive personal callings. And you know, compared compared to Lehi, maybe maybe you might maybe it might seem small in comparison, but it's of equal worth to us on our individual journeys. Yeah, and making it to our promised land, making it to our celestial home um, in this life, and that's why the scriptures are of great worth to us, and why the Book of Mormon particularly is of great worth because it shows us that normal people can receive great, fantastic, amazing blessings, that those blessings being personal relationships and experiences with the Godhead, with the Holy Ghost, with Jesus Christ, with our Father in Heaven. And um, and that all begins immediately in chapter one mm. of the Book of Mormon. That's what's so what's so great. And the manual, do you have something you want to say? Yeah, the, so the other thing that, that, that the, the first um, topic here that I want to discuss, discuss is the Word of God, right? So it's not just scripture that's written down what do we read here in first nephi in verse four there came many prophets prophesying unto the people that they must repent or the great city of jerusalem would be destroyed and what does this do for lehi he was a righteous man he had righteous desires so what does it say in verse five wherefore it came to pass that my father lehi as he went forth prayed unto the lord yea even with all his heart in behalf of his people so he heard these prophecies he was he was listening to what these prophets were saying. Right, Jeremiah. And, they were they were familiar with Jeremiah. Yes. And he he took what they said to heart and and then had a desire to pray for his people. Well, it weighed on his soul. Yes, it weighed on him. This, and, this wasn't this wasn't some half asleep prayer he was he was he was doing before he went to bed at night. This, yeah. this was something that was consuming him. Yeah. Well, and it's it's a it is a lesson for us in how much do we value the word of God. We have a prophet and we have apostles who speak to us today from the pulpit. They're more available than they and more accessible than they have ever been in the history of the world. And when we hear them speak, do we take the example of Lehi here and say, I cherish those words as a as a, as a prophet and as a revelator to the world and and do I allow it to impress upon my soul to the point in which I'm willing to go to the Lord and seek after these things with full purpose of heart. Because when you do that, now you're opening the door to incredible manifestations and revelations to happen. And that's what happened to Lehi here. He had real intent. He His heart was in the right place. He was soft. He cared about other people. It's interesting that he was 
outward looking when he received this great vision and manifestation? He wasn't inward looking? He prayed with all of his heart in behalf of his people. Yes, right. Exactly right. He had real charity. That's, that's what it's saying here. His heart was soft. He was serious about the words of the prophets that were being sent to Jerusalem. And he had real charity and love for the people of Jerusalem and for his family. And these ingredients set the stage for now something great is going to be manifested to his eyes. So let's consider that for our personal lives. We have the same things available to us today. We have prophets and apostles revealing truth to us today. We are being given a, a, um, a blueprint for stuff that is coming. President Nelson has been so forward-looking in so much of what he says. Are we allowing that to impress upon our hearts and into our souls what might be coming? And do we have that charity and that love? And a healthy concern. Yes, a healthy concern for others and for our family and for those around us to say, okay, what, what now does the Lord have in store for me to help further his work and prepare for what's needed going forward? Too many of us stop short of that, you know, and, and we're included in that as well at times. But but if we lay that foundation and we put those ingredients together, that's what then opens the door for these miraculous, essentially, events to take place shortly hereafter. But that's open to all of us. Yeah. That's that's available. It, it wasn't unique to Lehi. We all have that opportunity. But there's there's a lot of context behind behind these words where it just it just kind of Book of Mormon just kind of kickstarts into full gear with Lehi. Yep. And there's a lot of, you know, probably was a lot of context in, in, the, in the missing manuscript. We're not wading into the water here. We're jumping in like head first, man. If we had the book of Lehi, there may have been some building up to this. But, you know, uh, the the manual uh, doesn't go in, a lot into depth into chapter one. But chapter one of the Book of Mormon of First Nephi is perhaps one of my favorite chapters. Uh, and it's not because it's the one I've read the most. Stop it. It's because it's it's powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at this vision that Lehi had. So he prayed with all of his heart on behalf of his people. And and as he prayed, a pillar of fire came down and dwelt upon a rock before him. I mean, just think about this, like how powerful this is. And then he goes into vision that causes him to quake and tremble exceedingly. Yeah. And what does he see? Uh, being thus overcome with the Spirit, he was carried away in a vision, he saw the heavens open and he thought he saw God sitting upon his throne, surrounded with numberless concourses of angels. He saw one descending out of the midst of heaven and beheld that his luster was above that of the sun at noonday. He saw the Father, he saw the Son, mm. and he also saw 12 others following him, and their brightness did exceed that of the stars in the firmament. This is like doctrinal overload here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how much doctrine is being taught here? Remember, this is an Old Testament document, essentially, right? 600 BC. Okay, so um, immediately we're we're getting context that the prophets, right? And this is alluded to in the New Testament over and over that that Moses and Abraham they 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 had the fullness of the gospel, but you don't see that reading the Old Testament. But immediately we see that prophets in Old Testament times they had an understanding of the gospel even of of Jesus Christ and his mission. And they had visions in, of, of, of what the mission of the Savior was and what that would look like. They had visions of the organization of, uh, of, of the church and the gospel, right? The 12 apostles. Um, we're seeing 
we're seeing um, symbolism alluding to kingdoms of glory here, mm-hmm. that you have one... Above uh, the stars. Right, that was a uh, luster above that of the sun at noonday, but then you have 12 others that exceeded the the stars and the firmament, the brightness of the stars. There's just, it's immediately jam-packed with doctrine. And, you know, it's, a lot of this has to be, right, you, you really can only appreciate this as you line upon line with modern revelation and the doctrine of covenants, you can really start understanding how all this pieces together into the big picture of the gospel. But it's just beautiful imagery, and it's just an amazing vision. And again, this is a guy who was a normal guy in yeah. Jerusalem, and he just, his heart was full to the point where the visions, the, the heavens burst open unto him, and he was given these these amazing visions of the gospel. Mm. Not just not just doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, and as we talked about in last week's "Come Follow Me" episode, we we discussed having that that being prepared, having that fertile foundation to receive more, right? And we see that with Lehi, as I was discussing earlier, he was righteous. He had studied the scriptures. He he understood the the commandments and and God, as he was able to understand it up to that point, the nature of God and his dealings with the Jews in Jerusalem. He he loved his family. He loved his fellow man. He heard the word of these prophets that were being sent. He desired to understand that for himself. He went with real intent to the Father. And so we see the groundwork that led to further light and knowledge that's being revealed here. It's It's a pattern that we can model in our life. You want to receive greater truth for yourself individually because I know things will come that I need understanding for where I'm lost. I, I, I'm not sure what choices to make. There's a model here to receive additional light and truth for your family, that stewardship you have. There's a model here. Like, take what you already know. Take the righteous things, the commandments you already have. Live them. Love them. Cherish them. Apply them to, to your life as best you can, as clearly Lehi was doing. Love others. Have that Christ-like attribute. Do the things that you should be doing. Have have a, a life of remembrance. Remember what God has done for his people, what God has done for you. And as you live that, you're now you're you're now set up to receive the light that will be needed, the the further light and knowledge that will be needed in the future, right? And that's exactly what Lehi was happened to Lehi here. And then I'm also going to share verses 14 and 15. So after after he sees the vision so my favorite verses in the Book of Mormon, I just relate with them so much. It came to pass when my father had read and seen many great and marvelous things, he did exclaim many things unto the Lord, such as, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God Almighty. Thy throne is high in the heavens, and thy power and goodness and mercy are over all the inhabitants of the earth. And because thou art merciful, thou wilt not suffer those who come unto thee that they shall perish. And after this manner was the language of my father in the praising of his God, for his soul did rejoice, and his whole heart was filled because of the things which he had seen, yea, which the Lord had shown unto him. I mean, we're seeing the spirit of prophecy. We're seeing the gift of tongues, of, of Lehi being carried away into the spirit, into, into praising, into true praising of, of the Lord. And the reason I share this and the reason I love this scripture so much is because this is very similar to my personal experience and my conversion and the witness that I received of the Book of Mormon. 
And I remember it, you know, in the last episode, in the first episode of Come Follow Me, we talked about conversion. We talked about how when you receive that witness of the Book of Mormon, it's imprinted onto your soul. And that you can, you said, you said, I remember where I was when I received my witness of the Book of Mormon. And, and for me, right, this scripture takes me back to that moment when I received the witness. Because I said a prayer unto my Heavenly Father and I asked, if the Book of Mormon was true, if Joseph Smith was a prophet, and I received the presence of the Holy Ghost. He came unto me. I did not see my eyes. A vision was not opened into my eyes like Nephi saw. But the presence of the Holy Ghost, a member of the Godhead, came unto me. And I was, I was in his presence. And I partook of that goodness and that glory. And, and I, was, I was just... I was brought to, to tears with my whole heart being filled, as was with Lehi. And it was something I've never experienced before. But the joy and the glory was so great that I was just overcome into praising. Praising of God. I was compelled by the Spirit into praising God, into praising the Lord, into just shouting out how great and how good He is. And it was just, it was the greatest experience of pure praise and worship that that came over me and it was just I was compelled into it just by the glory of the presence of the Holy Ghost that was with me and this these verses just summon up so exquisitely like how that feeling can really come over you and 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 lead you into that just undescribable feeling of joy that the Holy Ghost brings Yeah, just to add, I'm sorry, I was just in deep thought thinking about that, but just going to the, the the section which we're talking about now and come follow me, just even these scriptures here to you personally have such a unique personal power and effect upon you because it brings to mind your personal conversion to the, the, the Book of Mormon, you know? And so we can see that as we truly study the scriptures and study um, these verses, there are moments like that that they they help us remember and to look back and recall those special witnesses and and those those moments of testimony building that the Lord has given to us. You know, there is real value in continuing to study these words. Well, I think tying it back into the scriptures being of great worth, as we begin to share in the same experiences as these prophets and these these families in the Book of Mormon and the scriptures, I think as we begin to share in these experiences, the scriptures become that much of greater worth to us because we can identify with them all the more. Moving on, we're going to touch on several different sections from the Come Follow Me manual. So there's a section about Nephi... Second chapter, First Nephi, I can gain and strengthen my testimony as I turn to the Lord. We have a section on, on chapter 3, God will prepare a way for me to do his will. We also have a section for chapter 4 called, I was led by the Spirit. And what we've put together here is that these chapters, chapter 2, 3, and 4, it's really the story of Nephi's personal conversion. And 
And this is something that we all can relate and learn from and we should apply in our lives um, on our personal path of conversion unto the gospel and unto the Savior. So it all starts with chapter 2, verse 16, where it says, I, Nephi, being exceedingly young, nevertheless being large in stature, humble brag, <laughs> and also having great desires to know of the mysteries of God, wherefore I did cry unto the Lord. Okay, so Nephi found himself in the same state that Lehi was in chapter 1, where he was crying unto the Lord because of of the desires and the feelings that that he was receiving from the Spirit. And behold, he did visit me, and did soften my heart. So he did not receive the same glorious manifestations and visions, but he was comforted. The Spirit did, did visit him in a way, in a softening of heart, that I did believe all the words which had been spoken by my Father. Wherefore, I did not rebel. We see here, though, that first Nephi needed to gain a witness and a testimony of truth that had already been revealed, right? Mm -hmm. Lehi receives this vision. He receives this truth, a furthering of, of his understanding. And did, did Nephi, did Nephi take that and when was able to expand it and receive more of it? No, because first he had to gain a witness and a testimony of what had been revealed already. Right. So going back to kind of what we talked about in week one of, of come follow me in our discussion, you first have to gain a witness of what has already been revealed. Gain a true understanding of and personal witness of the Book of Mormon. If you don't have that, it's available to you. Gain that understanding. So many times we want to run faster than we can walk. We want to, we want to shortcut the way the gospel works. That's not the way it, it, it works. Nephi's teaching us right here. First, what did Nephi do? Hey, I just needed to understand and to know is what was being revealed true? Okay, if yes, where does that take me next? Well, we'll discuss that, but you first have to come to understand that what has been revealed is true doctrine. And once you establish that, now the Lord can take you the next step forward in your journey. And of course, we learned here that Nephi is a regular guy, regular kid. He needed his heart softened. So even though clearly... He had maybe a better history of, of loving the gospel and, and approaching the Lord. He, he still needed a softening of heart. So he wasn't that far off from his brothers, from Laman and Lemuel, in the sense that he maybe had his doubts yeah. <laughs> about his father at first and these miraculous visionary things that, that he was hearing from his father. But... He received a softening of heart. That's the first step, right? A submission. He, he, there, was a, there was a certain submission to the will of the Lord and understanding that in this case, his father was called to be prophet. And there were incredible and difficult things ahead. And he needed to have that softening of heart first just so he could be a follower, so he could be a disciple of, of God. In this case, a disciple of his father who was called as a prophet to be able to progress in the journey and progress in a way that was meaningful and that he could he, he could 
get spiritual growth out of it, different from what we see Laman and Lemuel, where they're just murmuring and, and not getting anything out of the experiences they're having. It's it's interesting as well that the uh, another another attribute here that allows Nephi to be receptive to not just what his father was saying, but obviously what the Spirit was willing to teach him and why Laman and Lemuel struggled so much. And this is kind of a warning to all parents out there who are trying to teach your children the gospel. What does it say in verse 13? Laman and Lemuel did not believe that Jerusalem, that great city could be destroyed according to the words of the prophets. And they were like unto the Jews who were at Jerusalem, who sought to take away the life of my father. What are we? What is the context behind that? Laman and Lemuel had been indoctrinated. They had been they had been um, consumed by the teaching of what was going on at Jerusalem. The the telestial that that Babylonic uh, Babylonian ideology had started to infest their thinking. They were not like Nephi, where because he was younger, right. perhaps he was freed from or spared from that kind of indoctrination. And so he was humble enough, at least, to say, hey, I I do want to know. I'm not going to just cast this off. I want to know if what my dad received is legitimate, right? So as a, as a warning to the rest of us, we need to make sure that we are, are, are building appropriate hedges and putting on the armor of God and then also applying that to our, our children or those around us who we have influence and stewardship over to ensure that they're not being becoming captive to the world and what the world is teaching, the, the philosophies of man mingled with scripture, right. right? Because once you get too deep into that, it's very difficult to come back and to develop a foundation where you can start to go down the path that Nephi is able to go down. So it's, it's always better to start right so that you can end right, where Laman and Lemuel, they seem to be starting on off on the wrong foot as part of this wilderness journey because they are already are, are kind of all in on on Babylon and kind of the teachings of the world that right. Jerusalem had adopted at this point. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of historical cultural context just in chapter 1 where it says the commencement of the reign of Zedekiah. Mm-hmm. Cuz that is essentially telling us that the Babylonian conquest has started. Zedekiah's been been installed installed yeah. as king and that's the beginning of the end the the babylonian corruption is coming top down right through not through socially religiously culturally it's it's all they're starting to be con- uh, conquered across the board right and that's the whole purpose why they're going to be fleeing but lemon and lemur were older mm-hmm. so they were very much more within society they had rationalized the well, things that were going like on like you were saying Islam. the the babylonian influence was already in society and they were old enough to really be getting a healthy dose of it yep. and it had influenced them sam and nephi i guess being younger mm-hmm. were a little more protected from that yeah well that's of course very relatable yeah. <laughs> to our day 100% where i mean more more and more and more every day every year right we just have a, sec- a more and more secular uh, you know, curriculums at school and things where just the world gets getting thrown at our use mm-hmm. and, and, and greater doses, right? There's more and more Babylon coming into in, into our culture. And 
this, I mean, I, this is why President Nelson is saying we have to have a constant companionship of the Spirit in these coming days. It's necessary. You know, and, you know, unfortunately we have a society where we tend to kind of ship our kids off eight hours a day to be taught, you know, who know what, who knows what from who, you know, who knows who. who. Yeah. (laughs) But you like more than ever, we have to be vigilant and, and put on that armor of God, like you said, and really work to keep that Babylonian influence, that worldly influence at bay and have that firm foundation even well before we get to the point where that influence might come and start attacking us and and trying to overtake us. And Nephi was already getting a little bit of it, right? He was old enough to have been getting a little bit, and that's, he had to soften his heart. He had to go to the Lord. He had to find his personal conversion, have his own personal experiences, but, but he did. And that's the lesson is that we can. And there's, there's a little bit of good parenting in there. There's a little bit of, of Nephi's agency and seeking it out himself, but we can. That's available for all of us. And I love in verse 17, he said, I sp- And I spake unto Sam, making known unto him the things which the Lord had manifested unto me by the His Holy Spirit. And it came to pass that he believed in my words. So again, we have an even younger brother, maybe a little better protected against Babylon. And he was pure enough to have the discernment and to be able to hear Nephi's words and know that that is correct and that he should follow it. And and we learn that there's multiple ways, there's multiple paths, correct paths that we can take in following following the Spirit and in following, following the Lord. And that we, right, there's leaders and there's followers, and it's okay to be either one. Yeah. Both, right, both are valid paths in the gospel, right? There could be those who, who have certain experiences and are called, to influence others. And there are those of us that are going to be able to hear those testimonies of people who've had experiences and receive the same witness from it. Yeah. And regardless of how it happens. That is a gift of the Spirit. You hear the truth from somebody else and and the Spirit instantly testifies to you that, hey, this is true. Like this is gift of believing others' words and others' testimonies. Like that's why we have testimony meetings so regularly because that is a gift of the Spirit that we can receive. So regardless of how we receive the witness and the softening of heart, regardless of if it's something very direct from our own seeking or if it's something that's given to us from being in the right place and listening to the right people, it's equally valid and equally powerful. So there's many ways that this that, that these experiences can look. There's many ways that they can come unto us. But what's important is that we have the softening of heart. Mm-hmm. And... And that was necessary going into chapter 3, once they're in the wilderness, and then difficult things begin, Lehi begins to ask difficult things of his children. That's necessary because then at that point, Nephi is able to say, I will go, I will do well the things the Lord commands. But this is a pattern, though, transitioning from chapter 2 to chapter 3, we start to see the same pattern that we're taught in the temple, Right. Nephi receives a witness. He received truth personally. He knew now that the vision in which his father saw was true. The Lord testified that to him. Okay, so now what happens? Well, now there's going to be a a little bit of a test. There's going to be a little bit of a, hey, are you willing to act and remain true and faithful to 
me as your God leading you and guiding you, even if you don't know the beginning to the end. You know, there's that act of faith, right? So Nephi gains a witness. He declares it to his brother, Sam, you know, so he's already out proselytizing this witness. He has that testimony now. And so now the Lord's going to say, okay, Nephi, if you truly have this belief in this faith, let's, let's put it to the test a little bit, you know? Now, we should caution to Nephi, this was probably a, a big deal. Like it was a big ask to go and do wh- what they were going to do. Now, in the future, he's certainly going to be asked to do much greater, much more difficult, harder things. But in the moment, this is like, okay, I, I know that this is true now. And I'm, I don't want to say instantly, we don't know the exact time frame here, but now I'm going to be tested with this, this knowledge and this faith that I've received. And what am I willing to do with that? Am I willing to act upon it. And that's why the next section is talking about God preparing a way. Will you go and do the, the way has already been prepared. Are you willing to act and to execute upon it? I know the Lord provides a way. <laughs> he wants me to obey. <laughs> he wants me to obey. Okay. So personal conversion, softening of heart, step one to conversion that we have to go through. Step two is then going and doing mm-hmm. and right and that means knowing the lord will provide prepare the way but that doesn't necessarily mean you know the way mm-hmm. it just there's there's a faith element there's a testing element and so going and doing it's this is a lot of us are are, are right here right now this is the step we're in we have testimonies and we're in the phase where we need to be going and doing. And that doesn't mean we know exactly what we need to be going and doing or how we're going to get there, but we know that we need to be ministering unto others. We know that we need to be following the commandments. Mm-hmm. We know that we need to be magnifying our offices and our callings. We need to be going and doing. Um, I think you may have shared this with me. Or, or I got it from somewhere. <laughs> but one one of the stories I that's just amazing to me in the New Testament is the the woman who touches Christ's clothes. Oh yeah, and she's healed. She's able to, just because she had the faith to touch his clothes. But what impresses me about that story is that Jesus was already going and doing. He was on the road. He was traveling somewhere else to minister to someone else. So he was in the ministry, he was going and doing what he had been given to do, and just because he was out and about on the street, an opportunity presented itself for him to heal this woman, for her to come unto him, and then for him to recognize her and and give her the healing that she needed. Because he was going and doing, an opportunity that he was not expecting presented itself unto him, and a miracle happened out of it. Mm. So this is why it's so important to be going and doing. Because if Nephi, with, with his brothers, had said, no, I ain't, I'm not going back to Jerusalem, right? The, the miracles that were to happen, there was no way for them to happen. He, they had to first be going and doing on faith based on what they had been given up to that point. And, and that is so much easier. And it's only possible if we first have that softening of heart and we're prepared spiritually to 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 accept the call we far too often we we want to know 
how a thing is going to be accomplished before we're willing to set our hand to the work, right? Now, I'm, I'm certainly not going to condone or suggest that you should, without any thought or without any preparation, just go out and try to do anything and everything with, with, with completely disorganized and, and completely chaotic. That is certainly not how the Lord works either. There is a pattern, a process, and there is an organization that the Lord operates within. However, what we can't do is prevent ourselves or paralyze ourselves from acting in a righteous manner because we don't understand every detail of beginning to end. What it, what are we doing here, right? So often, the Lord will give us the next step. He may not reveal the next 10 steps. He may not reveal what the final outcome is going to be, but he will give us the next step. And as we see in the story of Nephi, there may be several seemingly uh, difficult trials and setbacks along the way, and that's okay. It's okay if if we're doing what is correct, and it's not always easy. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Right? How they had to go back several times trying to get the plates. Yeah, and th- this is just like in our church service today, because we see they try to go and get the plates, and they were not successful at first. And it would have been real easy for Nephi to say, "Okay, clearly the Lord." has not favored us or we're not doing it right or, or maybe whatever. I didn't because, understand. Yeah. Maybe I misinterpreted or misunderstood what my father really needed us to be doing here. And in the church, sometimes we think that, Hey, we've got to solve a problem. So what do we do? We come up with an idea. Okay, let's go and do it. Well, it doesn't work, you know, and people start to get discouraged. Like what the heck is going on? It's like, no, that's part of the process. That's part of the way in which the Lord works through mortal, imperfect men is, hey, we we have a problem. We all know what the problem is. We all know that we need to address it. We come up with the best solution we can. And guess what? It may not work the first time. It may not work the first couple of times. That's okay. There is still knowledge that's being received and there's still good that's coming out of it. And eventually we're going to come to an answer that is effective, that actually does provide an outcome that we're seeking if we're willing to persevere. And that's what Nephi shows us here is he's willing to persevere to accomplish the task he knew the Lord needed done. And in persevering on his on um, on their final on his final attempt, he goes back in at night, and what does he say? He crept into the city, right? He he was gonna go try again, but he then he said, I was led by the Spirit, not knowing beforehand the things which I should do. So this is not teaching. <laughs> to be unprepared. But what it is teaching is that in perseverance, in persevering, in following the commandment he was given, still with that faith the Lord pro- would provide the way, as he was going and doing, creeping into the city, kind of sus. <laughs> he was going and doing with faith, and then the Spirit came unto him and said, here's the opportunity. Mm. Then he was enlightened, and he was able to see the path and 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 feel his way to where he needed to be. So there were troubles, there were challenges, there were roadblocks, but then in the perseverance, in the faith, there came a moment where the Spirit descended upon him. He had peace, and he knew that 
all is right, all is well. And then he was successful, I'm sure, in a, compl- <laughs> in a way that he never imagined he would be, <laughs> but he was successful. And what's important is that he knew it was the spirit that was leading him. He was comforted, he was led, he even hears the voice of the spirit when necessary to do what is most challenging, but that all came as a result of going and doing. So with the softening of heart, there is a process of going and doing and putting in some of your own effort, relying a little bit on on your own abilities in the attempt, but then being led and blessed by the Spirit to be able to be given and to, to do what is beyond your capability, what only the Lord can do through you. That is the process of conversion that Nephi went through. And that is the same process that all of us has to go through over and over again, really, in our lives. We have to go through this over and over again on different aspects of the gospel, different different trials and different, uh, different moments in our life. We have to go through this softening. We have to go through this this faith of going and doing and just and just being diligent and persevering. And then we will also have these moments of being led by the Spirit, hearing His voice, and seeing miracles happen that we would not be able to do on our own. And, and of course, the, the final result of all this are great manifestations in, in the coming chapters and visions and, 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 and Nephi receiving uh, the Spirit and the Savior and these visions and, and receiving interpretations of dreams and these great gifts of the Spirit that Nephi then ultimately receives. This is all a result of this going and doing and being led by the Spirit kind of in this daily life mm-hmm. and these specific smaller th- tasks and, and tests that Nephi went through. You know, and it's interesting too, because when, when Laban is un Laban, when Laman is unsuccessful in getting the plates initially from Laban, it, it even says here that they were all sorrowful. They were all down about it and, and were really concerned that he was not able to obtain the plates. But it's interesting. Why does the spirit then come to Nephi and reassure Nephi that, Hey, there is a plan and that there is a path here. Because Nephi had already made up in his mind that he was going to do what the Lord asked him to do, right? Laman and Lemuel were were very much begrudgingly there. That's real intent. That's real. That, that's that's what I'm getting. Real intent. The times in my life that I can bear personal witness to that I have felt the constant influence of the Spirit leading and guiding me on a daily basis is when I wake up every day and I know that whatever the Lord needs of me to do today, I will do it. Whatever thought comes into my head, whatever whatever action needs to be taken, whoever I feel inspired to reach out to, I'll do it, even if I don't exactly know the plan, even if I don't exactly know how I'm going to accomplish it. When you wake up with that, that willingness to serve, to be a servant to the Lord, and you're willing to follow through regardless, that's when the Spirit has the greatest effect and ability to be there and to commune with you and to show you the next step to assist you along that that path that you're you're taking. If you wake up and it's like, well, if it's convenient today, like if it's if 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 it fits into my comfortable lifestyle that I want to have today, yeah, then I suppose I'll do it. 
It's like, no, you're not inviting the spirit in as effectively as you could be. When you just are more resolute like Nephi here is, hey, we're going to do it, period. And he didn't think about it any more than that. He didn't sit there and get paralysis because he was overthinking everything. He just said, it's going to be done. And then because the Lord knew his real intent was there, he was the one that received the, the greater light needed to accomplish the task at hand. The last piece we want to touch on here is from chapter 4 and 5. The section is, Remembering the works of God can give me the faith to obey his commandments. Remembering the works of God. So what this took my mind to is really this, the Mosaic Covenant. And we see this throughout the Old Testament and all throughout the Book of Mormon, is that whenever there's a a situation where sometimes it's chastisement, sometimes it's just an attempt at building faith, there's always a remembrance of how merciful the Lord has been in their lives. So Nephi uses this tactic with his brothers quite a bit, where he, he reminds them of the blessings they've received along the way. He reminds them of the witnesses they've received. You see this all throughout. This is, this is associated with the Mosaic Covenant um, over and over again in the scriptures. And so you see in the, with the house of Israel, there's always a callback to the Passover, to the Red Sea, uh, to being delivered from the wilderness, being delivered from their enemies in one way or another. There's always this call, call back to look at how the Lord has blessed us and delivered us in the past. Mm. And this brings us faith now to get through the challenges we're going through. And this is, we see this through the Book of Mormon, and even up to the last chapter of the Book of Mormon, where Moroni is saying, when you receive these things, and he's inviting us, the reader, to pray to gain a witness of their truthfulness, even he, even he says, when you receive these things, remember how merciful the Lord has been unto his children. And, and let that stir within your heart. So the lesson that I got out of this, this section is that remembering and recogni- recognizing and remembering the hand of God in our life, mm-hmm. that, is, that is a key to unlocking the spirit in our daily life. And when we're going through challenges and we're going through difficulties or we're going through doubts, simply remembering how the Lord has blessed us over and over again in the past, the Spirit will descend upon us and bring us peace and bring us comfort and, and, and renew that witness that we had then, now, and get us through the challenges that we're going through and help us, instead of murmuring, then just to have a spirit of gratitude and strength to persevere. It's, it's, it is not an accident that so many of the rituals of the Jewish faith are specifically designed, the intent of them is to bring that mind back and to recall, to remember what great works have been done for, for that, that people, you know, and even in our faith, so many of the rituals that we participate in, so much of what we do in, in, you know, starting with the sacrament, remembering, remembering the savior, 
and 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 being willing to take his name upon us and then leading into the temple so much of these rituals that we participate is all about bringing to our mind remembrance remember the lord always have him in our thoughts day in and day out because as you said that remembrance leads to and opens the way to and, and is part of the process to kind of part the veil between here and the eternities to receive that additional truth that the Lord may have in, in store for us. And so that's, it, it is important for us to be able to look back, not only from a macro level of what has the Lord done from an Old Testament, New Testament, Book of Mormon perspective, but remembering what he's done for us individually, looking back and being able to recollect and, and writing down what have we received? What blessings have we received at the Lord's hand? And being able to go back and think on those things and recall those things and spend yeah. time and doing words of journaling yeah, and exactly. recording your spiritual experiences. Yep, exactly. Well, this is a perfect follow-up to the first to to the introductory work where it says conversion is our goal. Uh, I don't. It's not an accident that the Book of Mormon immediately starts with a story of personal conversion. Because it is the example for us to follow. And we, you know, we talked about in our in our Gospel Mystery podcast, we just did an episode on the fullness of the gospel where we just talk about how the Book of Mormon contains the different ways that it contains the fullness of the gospel and what that means. Um, one of the things I commented is that if all we had was First Nephi, it would still contain the fullness of the gospel. Yeah, that would be enough. <laughs> because... We have we have a story of personal conversion to Christ, and and the story of a regular person coming into the presence of of of, of Christ through his faith, and and what that process looks like, and then being led to the promised land, mm-hmm. and that's what we're all seeking, right? Is being led to the 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 greater glory that the Lord has in store for us, right? All of this Nephi is able to do, and well, Nephi one and, and Nephi two, so maybe we need Nephi second Nephi as well, but. Regardless, we definitely need chapter 32, 2 <laughs> Nephi 32. For sure. We'll get there. I need that one. <laughs> but, but yeah, just it, it is not coincidence that these are the chapters that get read more than any other because the, this story alone, when properly understood and studied with real intent, just studying the life of Nephi, it paints a picture of and, and creates the model that we should follow because all that he received, we're all we can we can all receive. And in fact, later on in Second Nephi, towards the end, when Nephi knows his time is short, he essentially says that directly to anyone reading his words. Everything I've gone through, everything I've obtained, guess what? You can do it too. That was his expectation. It wasn't like, hey, I'm 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 the exception. Look how great I am. Look at all these miracles that have happened in my life and how miraculous the Lord has been to me. Like, no, his perspective was totally the inverse of that was that you can have this too and in fact you should be receiving and he lamented too. when people did don't not receive it take the opportunity yep. to receive it and weren't able to yep. so i'll just add my testimony that these things are true that the path of conversion that that nephi took it's not any different than the path that we are on and that the same blessings are available to us individually and i have had these experiences where I have sought comfort and I've sought truth and I've been 
given those things from the Holy Ghost and I've had my heart softened. I've had experiences where going and doing small and simple things, great things have come to pass. And I've seen miracles in my life and in the lives of others through just making my feeble attempts of, of, of following the Lord. And I have experienced revelation. I've heard the voice of the Lord. And I know that the Lord does guide us through our lives and plays an active part when we are open to hear him and to feel his presence and to follow his word. And I share that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now go and serve the Lord.